Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're going through the book of Philippians on Wednesday evening. We're in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 17 to 21. And Paul is, again, trying to encourage these people not to be discouraged, not to give up the fight, even though there's people coming in trying to divide and trying to discourage them. And he keeps helping them and directing them and giving them advice. So he begins verse 17 with, conform to my pattern. Conform to my pattern. Notice what he says in verse 17. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. In other words, follow me. Now, this kind of maybe sounds a little strange to some people. And Paul's saying, follow my example. This isn't Jesus saying that. It's Paul saying, you know, he's saying, mimic me, do what I do, act like I act, and don't be afraid to follow my example. And so there's a thing you have to learn or you need to be a part of that you and I have to understand. We follow human examples. Uh, When I was in youth ministry, I always thought something and even said something that I thought for a while was very spiritual, and you probably said it too to people. Oh, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Now, that's good advice, but it's not right. They don't see Jesus. They see you. And people are going to follow someone that they see. Young people upstairs, they follow the example of some of the wrong people that they see movies, music. They follow that example. So Paul says, look, since you're going to follow a human example, not perfect, doesn't have everything together, but since you're following that example, try to find a good example in your life and not a bad one, and why don't you follow them? Human examples are going to fail you. But here's the secret. When you fail, you respond to that failure correctly. People don't want to follow someone who thinks they're perfect. People aren't going to follow someone that's got an ego and pride in saying it. But they can follow someone who, when they make a mistake, gets up and repents and says, I'm sorry, does what needs to be done and gets back on track and keeps going. And so you and I are supposed to come to that place because we're going to follow someone. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul writes, We can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all of our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not our own human wisdom, and this is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially before you. And you say, well, oh no, I don't want people following me, you know. I, I, I want you to do what I say, not what I do. That's horrible advice too. If you can't tell people, do what I do, then why aren't you changing? Why aren't you fixing that? Well, I don't want them to be like me. I got this and this. Fix it. Change it. Stop it. 
smile at me. But see, we go around saying, oh, no, don't follow me, you know, and follow Jesus. No, no, no. Hey, I'm going to live a life before you that is not perfect, that is human. Humans will fail you. You don't worship human beings, but you do follow examples. And I'm going to set an example for people that other people can follow. And I'm going to do everything I can to live a life that honors God so that when they follow me, they'll get to Jesus. And every Christian should have that same mentality. That you should be willing and able to live a life that says, you know what? You can follow me. You can mimic me. You can go down the road I'm going down. You can pattern your life after mine. Because I'm going to live a life that's full of love, full of joy, full of peace. And you deal with the things that you're trying to say, oh, you know, I'm not perfect. Good. Fix the things you're not perfect in. Change the things that you need to fix so that other people can follow you. Step up and be a leader. How long do you want me to go on this? So that you and I are living a life that our neighbors can watch and see because let's face it, we all judge, many people judge Christianity by the way Christians act, right? And if I'm not acting in a right manner, then I'm setting a bad example. Oh, don't do what I do, do what I say. No, doesn't work. People are going to follow you. You know, you got grandkids, they're going to follow you. They're going to mimic you. Will you help them to a right place? And so Paul gets to this place where he tells these people, look, you've got a lot of people coming in, bringing divisions, doing things, a lot of people setting a bad example for you. Well, I want you to follow a good example, and so you can pattern your life after mine, because I want you to follow my example. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to bring you to God. I'm not going to be perfect at it, but I'm going to do everything I can to do the best I can to bring you to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to live my life so that others can watch and see Christ in me. And that's the way all of us should be living. Not this, well, don't follow me. No, no, no. You can follow me. Look at me. I'll set the example. And if you can't, maybe you need to start now or when you go home, start making a list. Okay, I've got to change this and I've got to change this. If somebody's going to follow me, I've got to clean up the way I talk. I've got to clean up my attitude. I've got to stop being this type, you know, and you just start doing it. And so he says, you conform to my pattern. You do what I'm doing and you can follow me. Then, many people have bad conduct. <laughs> Not a few, many. It's easy to find people who aren't doing the right thing. And don't deceive, some people are deceived thinking, I'm doing the right thing, but they're not. And so he says, many people are bad conduct. Notice what he says in verse 18. I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. In other words, it's breaking my heart. I've told you this over and over again. And you've got to hear this and understand this. There are a few. No, there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross 
of Christ. Their conduct gives them away. They're not acting as they should be acting. In fact, they're enemies of Christ. They're not just neutral in this. Their conduct is demonstrating that they're against God because you're not neutral when it comes to your stance with Jesus Christ. You're either for him or against him. Jesus said, if you're not hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out. So there's those options that are there. And so many people, he says, have bad conduct. And so he says, you've got to follow my example because there's a lot of people out there in the world whose example you shouldn't be following. There's a lot of people that you'll come across and that you'll see that will lift themselves up as some person that has a lot to say and, you know, you should follow, who aren't worth following. And he said, you know, I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived. I haven't attained it. But at least I'm striving towards. He says, I keep running that race. Remember previously it said, I'm not perfect yet, but I keep pressing on. I keep going forward. And so I don't want you to follow the bad examples. I'm going to set you a good example. Follow it. Notice what he says in Galatians chapter 6. He says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. You see, when we talked a little bit about more, be the example and let people follow you. You can't compare yourself to anybody else. Well, I'm better than they are, so follow me. No, we compare ourselves. Am I the person that Christ wants me to be? Well, you can follow me because I'm better than, no, no, no. If you've got that attitude, you're not worth following. You know, follow me. I'm going to follow Christ. You don't need to compare yourself with anybody else. Just keep going towards the, the goal of being like Christ. We are each responsible for our own conduct. I'm responsible for how I live. I'm responsible for what I do. These other people, they're enemies of the cross. They're going the wrong direction. They're doing the wrong thing. They're being dishonest. And so he says to them, look, there's a lot of people with bad conduct. Don't follow them. You follow someone that's right. We still good? The character of carnal people. So he says that, and then he even gets a little bit stronger. He nails this and puts some teeth into it, so to speak. Notice what he says in verse 19. They, who's they? The people with the bad conduct. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. They are carnal, worldly, fleshly, they give in to their sinful nature. And he gives us a little list of what carnal people, ungodly people do. So they're headed for destruction. That means they're going the wrong direction. They're not going towards God. They're going away from him. They're not going towards heaven. They're going towards hell. They just are going their direction, which is destruction. They'll not be the people they need to be. They'll not end up where they think they're going. They are headed in the wrong place, going the wrong way. Don't go down that road with them. And then he says, 
Their God is their appetite. In other words, they have the wrong priorities. You have more than an appetite for food. You have an appetite for pleasure. You have an appetite for work. You have different types of appetites and things that you go after that satisfy you. And he says, they just follow their carnal desires. If it feels good, they do it. They just go their own direction, do their own thing, you know. Okay, it's the weekend, let's all have, let's party. The God is alcohol. The God could be drugs. It could be money. It could be just the pleasure of things, you know. It could be just my opinion. I'm going to have my way, do my thing, and I'm going to tell everybody what I think, and everybody should line up behind me, and I'm right, and everybody else is wrong. Their God is their appetite. They go after that. They do what gives them pleasure. Their priorities are all wrong. They're headed for destruction. The God is their appetite, and they brag about shameful things. Hey, you want to know what I did last night? You know where we went? And they brag about things they shouldn't even be talking about. They boast about things that shouldn't even be mentioned and they should be ashamed of. And rather than being ashamed of what they're doing, they boast about it. They have the wrong values. The world has the wrong values. And some people glory in things they should be ashamed of. So he has, look, here's what these people do. Here's what these people, carnal, bad people, bad direction, bad motives, bad way of acting, bad way of doing things. You know, their conduct as enemies of the cross, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about sinful things and they only think about this life here on earth. All that matters is here and now. How comfortable am I? How much am I getting what I want? And this life drives them and they do everything they can do to get what they want out of life. They have a wrong focus. They want an immediate reward. They're impatient. They want pleasure now. I don't want to wait. I want to have what I want I don't want to miss anything. You know, you only go around once in life, grab all you can get. And that's the world we live in. That's the gospel that's being preached. First Peter, you already have those things in your notes. First Peter 2.11, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. So he says, you and I are to be examples that people can pattern their life after. You and I are to set the bar up here and to live a life that we're not ashamed of and that other people can look at and if they follow us, they're going to get to a good place. We won't take them down the wrong road. But he says there's also a lot of other people who set the bar low and who just do shameful things and all they're doing is everything this world 
says is important and necessary, and they follow all the things of the world and all the thing the world has to offer, and they are going for the wrong place, headed in the wrong way, headed for destruction, and all they want is what will bring them immediate relief and immediate pleasure, and there's a lot of people out there in life going the wrong direction. And you and I need to be the people. Okay, let me say it this way. I'm going to try to be nice. We're good at complaining about the way those people are. We're good about judging how bad they are and what they're doing. Are we just as good at setting the example for others? I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to try to control people's lives. I'm going to follow Christ, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit be in their life and work in their life, but I'm going to set an example for them that they can see what a Christian looks like and how a Christian operates. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we get so caught up in how bad everybody's being that we don't put into practice how good we should be. What we do is just say, well, I'm not like that. Well, you're not like that, but you're not like that either. Does that make sense? I should be doing the best I can to live a life that others can follow. There are a lot of people who aren't, and what's needed is people who are. So then he says, we're citizens of heaven. We're citizens of heaven. But we, now he's back to us again. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. I'm a Christian And I'm not in heaven yet, but Christ is there. Christ is in me. And I do the things that God wants me to do so that I can go to heaven because that's where my home is. That's what matters to me more than anything else. And I'm not, my main citizenship is not an American. It's not this world. It's heaven. Now, how do you know you're a citizen of heaven? I'm going to give you one thing that will be a great indicator of how you are looking at this. And here it is. Are you eagerly waiting for the Lord to return? Not to escape, but because you want to go home. Because you know that's where you belong. And you know you're a citizen of heaven when you're ready to go home. When you go overseas, there comes a point, no matter how long you're over there, I want to go home. Because you know that's where home is, and that's where you want to be. Philippians 127, previously Paul had said this, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Same thing, right? 
He now just says it another way, doesn't he? You're a citizen of heaven, now conduct yourself so that other people can follow you and other people can go along with you. Hebrews writes, the writer in Hebrews says this, this world is not our permanent home. We were looking forward to a home yet to come. I want him to come back. I want him to set everything right. I want him to be in control. I want him to finalize everything. I want to be with him forever. There's a great line that Corey Tin Boone said, and it's this. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. God, we long to go home. And Lord, because I know you, I can trust what you're going to do in the future. And I look forward to that day. We say we want to go home until, but nobody's dying to get there. We get attached to this world. That's not all bad. I understand it. But do I really, can I, I eagerly wait for the return of Jesus Christ? Eagerly. Hey, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Can't wait. It's just going to be wonderful. And then, when that happens, we will be changed and he will be in control. We will be changed and he will be in control. So notice what he says. He says, we're, not, we're citizens of heaven. You know, we eagerly wait for him to be here. Look at verse 21. He will take these weak mortal bodies. That's a great definition of these bodies, isn't it? weak, mortal, and change them into glorious bodies like his own. That's a big difference. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. He's going to take our bodies and change them, and by that same power that he does that, he's also going to be bringing everything under his control. So the end of the story is that God is going to transform these bodies. He's going to make them something spectacular. He's going to give us a body like Christ. And how they transform? They're transformed by his power. Now we get caught up in, well, what's my body going to look like? How's it going to be? I don't know. For some of you, it doesn't matter. You probably won't be happy with it anyway. Well, I wanted more of this. I thought I'd be bigger. I wanted more muscles. You know, I thought, oh, well, you know. No, he is going to take our bodies and make them like his own. A supernatural body, a spiritual body, not physical, spiritual. Romans 8, Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. 
Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Live the example. Be the person he calls you to be. Act like he wants you to act. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. He's not going to give you just a little makeover. You're not just going to get a little tuck. You're not going to get, you know, some of the wrinkles removed. You have a completely different body. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Victory is ahead. I want to go home. I want to be a Christ. I want to be relieved from the issues of this world. I want sin to be done away with. I want to be like Christ. 1 John 3, 2, dear friends, we're already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what it, we will be like when Christ appears. In other words, we don't really know. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Man. And all who have, here it is again, this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. What helps you live that example? I'm going home. I'm waiting for Christ's return. I'm going to be ready. I, he will transform me and change me and give me a brand new life and I get to live for him. When I was a kid growing up, it seemed like about all, they, all the sermons you ever heard almost were all on heaven and hell. As a kid, it put the fear of God in you, that you just knew God was up there in heaven waiting for you to make a mistake. And when you made that mistake, God was going to turn to Gabriel and go, blow the horn, we got him now. Out of here. You know, you, you just do that. And God doesn't want you to live with that fear, although a little of that fear is very healthy. But what he wants you to live with is that eager expectation. I'm going home. That helps you to serve God out of love, not out of fear. That helps you to serve God out of expectation, not out of questioning whether it's going to happen or not. That keeps you positive in your expectation of what God wants. That keeps you on track because you know where you're going and you know how to get there and you want to help others follow that example. And he says, look, I'll change these bodies. And then he will bring everything under his control. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is fulfilled in his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. At the right time, he's going to do what he's promised. 
we look forward to that day. Well, I, I want, you know, I, I really want that to happen. I, I want to, how can I help others? Live the example. Be the person that you can say, follow me. I'll keep you on track. I'll take you there because that's where I'm going. Come along with me. And so are you living that kind of life, having that expectation, longing to go home, waiting for his return, willing and able to say, follow me? Or are there some things maybe that you need to say, well, I'm not sure I want everybody to know everything. Then are you willing to say, God, help me to deal with that so I can be open and honest and I can help others see someone that they can follow in this world. People are looking for the genuine real deal, aren't they? That's who we're called to be. And that's how we live. Let's pray. Lord, tonight, we have a great future ahead of us. Just can't wait. It's just going to be great to be with you forever. You'll change these bodies into perfection and you'll control everything. That's going to be a great day. I'm living for that day. I look forward to that day. I anticipate that day. And Lord, would you help me to live a life that I can live like Paul, knowing I'm not perfect, but knowing that I'm going to do everything I can to be the person Christ has called me to be, to be more like him. And I can say to others, Follow me. I'll set the example. I'll be the person. If you follow me, I'll help you follow Christ. And as we go from this place tonight, would you help us to live that life? Because that's the life you've called us to live. So we go with that intention in our hearts and in our minds. In thy name we pray. Everybody said, amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.